0: This is Matt Field and you're listening to The Clubhouse, the only fantasy podcast that matters. This is where Thanksgiving really begins, isn't it? Or not you're referring to the Aurora Roast Turkey. I can up.
1: See ya. I've got plenty to be. Welcome to the Clubhouse.
2: It's Thanksgiving week, episode 13. The clubhouse is looking very festive currently. We have a lot of decorations up. We've got the fireplace going. It's you know, a little chilly outside. Sweaters are on. And we have a big spread on the table in front of us. Neil, how are you doing this week?
1: I'm fucking hungry, man. We gotta eat. <laughs>
2: We got a lot of food to get through. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening so far this season. It's been a fun one. And now it is time to partake and do a bit of roasting. So we're just going to jump straight in. We're going to have some special guests call in and interject throughout it. Thanks for everyone that sent in their clips. Um, And Next year, hopefully, we can get more of you guys to participate. All right, so, Benil, before we start, what is kind of your, what are your go-to Thanksgiving meal items? What do you like to eat?
1: I fucks with a good green bean casserole. Really? I need something to mix that turkey in, and sometimes stuffing does it for me, but not always, but a nice crunchy green bean casserole with some hot sauce on it.
2: Nice. How do, how do you prefer your turkey? Just old school baked I've in the never, oven or? I've
1: never had it fried. I'd love what? to try one fried, but it's always been oven roasted and it works. Nice.
2: Uh, last year was the first year that we tried frying turkey and it was scary as shit, um, but <laughs> turned out delicious. Uh, I, I like brined it for a couple days and then injected it with this like Cajun marinade. Oh hell good. yeah! If we ever have a league Friendsgiving, we'll have to. I'll have to cook one up for us. Oh yeah. All right, but we got a lot of stuff in front of us, so we're gonna we're gonna start off today with uh, a simple green salad just to to get us started off on, and this. This green salad is Big Joe, so let's let's get into it. Let's let's start this roast off. All right. I mean, to start off, at a certain point, how many running backs does Big Joe have to break before he's actually the problem? It <laughs> it's been a, you know it's been kind of a clusterfuck this year on his in his stable of
1: of backs. They have not <laughs> fared very well. I mean, you gotta really feel bad for what's going on. Uh, you know, at the same time, I imagine he's now got a sponsorship with Life Alert. <laughs> Given so many times, people are on the ground, <laughs> surrounded <laughs> by teammates. kneeling. Joe is just a cursed individual, and I, I think it all—it it comes down to his power rankings. I, I think every single time. He's copying, pasting, putting his name up there. And almost every single time that happens, we get another running back injury.
2: <laughs> his power rankings are basically a co- copy and paste of the standing sprinkle with a little bit of bullshit. Uh, you know, another thing about Big Joe, everyone stopped caring about the Patriots when TB12 left the organization. So you can go ahead and just stop reminding us, like Mac Jones is not going to be able to save y'all.
0: Big Joe, first you trade me Kyler Murray and now Jalen Hurts. I used to think you were like the young Tom Brady of our league, but now I realize you are just a watched Bill Belichick trading QBs who go on to win championships for other teams. All right,
1: I finished my salad, David. Can we move on to something a little more substantial?
2: Well, we still got some more appetizers we need to get through. The next up is deviled eggs, which is Little Joe.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, little Joe is an interesting figure in the league. He's kind of like a – I like to think of him as, almost as like a – um Ferratu-esque figure because he's always sort of like in the background scheming. Trying to like find some way to like cheat or get some edge in the league, but no one ever like complains about him. I mean if you think about it, you know all of the stuff that you rage about, probably fifty percent of the time Little Joe is somehow involved, somehow benefiting off of my actions, but he gets
1: a no flack at all. You know, he he always gets the heroes on his team, thinking that he's one of the good guys. But when you really think about it, he's a lawyer representing four felons: Kareem Hunt, Dalvin oh, Cook, God. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey's McDonald's franchise hot coffee incidents. He's got a slew of problems over there that he's covering up.
2: I mean, that's probably why he's, you know, taking up his his uh, calling as a man of the law. I guess. <laughs> <But> <laughs> All right, I think next uh, we'll move on to your favorite dish, the green bean casserole, which is Michael.
1: Yeah, you know, it's hard to shit on someone who's like averaging 190. But when you really look at the history of this man, where has he been? Hot garbage, bottom of the league, (laughs) dealing with injuries. And somehow his midget, Austin Eckler, has... Has given them a saving grace.
2: <laughs> you know, it honestly, it kind of reminds me of uh, a Buccaneers fan because they're they're kind of in the same boat. They've been asked for years after years after years, suffering at the hands of Josh Freeman and Jameis Winston, and they just so happened to get lucky and get Tom Brady on their team, and now they think they're the hot shit. Why is this man more
1: protective of A.B. than his own children? <laughs> he started a fake committee to keep A.B. in the league. Would he do that for one of his children? Oh <laughs> my
0: gosh.
1: Dude, if this man wins the championship this year,
2: he's probably going to have like five or six more kids. <laughs> he's going to show up to the league reunion with one of those like short, short buses, the short <laughs> yellow buses.
1: Okay. I've never
2: seen, I've never seen a, a bigger homer in my life who believes that he has the inside scoop on every single uh, wide receiver on the depth chart. <laughs> it was like, it'll be like the fourth or fifth receiver on the team, and Michael's like, oh, yeah, I, I've heard good things about him. Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good casserole. All right, next up we got the uh, – this is actually – I didn't know this was a trend – Apparently spaghetti squash is now a Thanksgiving dish. And because that's kind of a new, new age type of dish, this is Austin.
1: You mean the only owner who buys puts on himself? I've never (laughs) seen a more hedged average season in fantasy. Oh, wait. I think we've seen this before with his predecessor, Matt.
2: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, honestly... We're not mad at you, Austin. We're just kind of disappointed because we, you know, we added you to the league and thought you'd be a good addition, but this debut season has been a bit of a a wet fart, you could call it.
0: Thanks, of course, to the addition of Austin. It's exciting that engagement is up and competitiveness is down. But no, no, really, I am glad that Austin is here. We needed someone to keep company with our league bottom feeders.
2: You know, it's funny because he's actually made a lot of moves this season, but hasn't really done much with them. A.J. Brown, Amari Cooper, Zach Moss hasn't even, like, touched his lineup. Like, the most substantial move that he's made to improve his team has probably been to pick up and drop J.K. Dobbins from the waiver wire. I don't want to roast Austin anymore since he's already been burned so bad. His fantasy team is a dumpster fire after getting blown out by my mediocre
0: team, and the Falcons have been trashed back-to-back weeks. I think he may be on suicide watch after that Dallas trip. He started all the trash talk, which I responded only with kindness until he got my wife involved. Bad karma was headed his way after that. Enjoy the consolation ladder and stop talking shit until you're back in the win column.
2: Next, we're moving on to a classic, the
1: Cranberry Sauce,
2: which is JP.
1: You know, he's got his team name as Stars, But I keep thinking about Polestars in a circus. JP demands so much of his players. Chris Carson suffered a catastrophic neck injury practicing for his Burning Man reception. <laughs> JP, at this rate, I don't know who's at risk next. But I sure as hell hope they have insurance.
2: <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm never going to set foot on a SpaceX rocket because JP has been historically known to be the king of breaking the rules of lead unnecessarily. Whether it's, you know, before we are in, were in Sleeper, he would draft other people's keepers or would show up late for things. I would not trust any ship that he's put his hands on.
1: Unless he's drafting a defense in the sixth round or a kicker in the eighth, I've never seen someone who uses auto-draft more than JP. (laughs) He's our own personal autobot.
2: And this man, he spends
1: so much fab on players
2: that no one wants. He's kind of like the guy in the strip club who's in the corner throwing stacks of money at the Butterface it's like, dude, you're like the only client that's interested in, <laughs> in that girl. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to the mac and cheese, which is Darren. Um, so at this point in the season, Darren is essentially sort of just like an accessory to Mike. He's like, when you go into a porta potty, you know, you have the big hole, the big shitter in front of you. And then you look to your left and there's kind of this like shitty urinal off to the side. Darren is that urinal. He's just sort of an accessory to the main event.
1: I kept saying that he's writing this novel, but uh, he hasn't released any pages. (laughs) After looking at his fantasy team, I, I think it's clear he's writing a tragedy. Oh, God.
2: Yeah, honestly, last season was probably the climax of his fantasy career when he ended up in the finals. And this season is the disappointment that follows because he blew his load too early
1: and didn't seal the deal. I mean, look at his roster. When you've got to flex a tight end, you know the season's over. In fact, he's got another tight end on the bench. (laughs) Yes, what have, in the world are you doing? How do you
2: have three tight ends on your roster? And you're starting two of them. It's just, embar- <laughs> it's just embarrassing at this point. But, you know, mac and cheese is a comfort food, and I'm sure he's nice and nice and
1: warm and at the bottom of the, the standings. I got a question for you. Overreaction or not, Darren's impressions are better than his fantasy football team overreaction. If Darren puts any more effort into this league, he should spend more time on his impressions of other people, since that's something he could actually improve. Unlike his fantasy football team. All right, next up
2: we got the sweet potato casserole, which is Keller. Um, Keller, man, if you ever need to trigger Keller, just, you know, mention in his presence, and call him the Sacco. I mean, I think even just me saying that, he's probably fuming listening to this right now because he'll tell you that that season he actually worked his ass off after going 0 and 13 in order to win all of his consolation games. And that we should uh, we should give him kudos for that achievement.
1: Kudos for what? He's been following an ESPN Plus subscription draft, <laughs> draft recommendations that's let him. Where to starting Sam Darnold in confidence, <laughs> followed by Daniel Jones.
2: Oh God! After he won last year, this man like hasn't touched his roster for two seasons. After uh, last season, when he just kind of skated through without doing anything, he's like, "Oh shit, I can't rock the boat. I just gotta like ride this shit out, no matter <laughs> who's on my roster." The crazy thing is it's actually still kind of working, but we'll we'll see if he can uh, climb back to the top of the mountain at the end of this year.
1: For someone so passionate about Georgia Tech and undergrad, being a part of Rec club, building that little tailgate uh, boom box that he had decked out and and all this rambling wreck gear, who else has two starting UGA running backs <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty gross. Um, you know, I think that you probably believe that Keller was a great add to the rules committee this season. Because as soon as she joined, he really kind of just fell off the side of the earth into Jeff Bezos' asshole. And has just created a power vacuum that you and
1: Big Joe can fill up. All right, got my casseroles out of the way. What do we got next, David?
2: Um, next, and I think our final dish before the main event, this is stuffing. It's Larry.
1: It's not a GTPL season without a classic fanny, fantasy tragedy of the Larry camp. <laughs> Who else plays victim better than Larry? He drafted <laughs> Saquon, after all, <laughs> coming off of the I.R., Not even clear if he could start week one. He knew the risks. He took the gamble. And once again, he is our victim of the year. Congratulations.
2: (laughs) Not only that, but he followed it up with Patrick Mahomes, who, once he found out he was on Larry's roster, just immediately turned into complete dog shit. Larry, please just,
1: you know, try a little harder next time. Maybe he's getting his warm milk routine ready for the baby. We know that he's the only person that complains about starting a draft at 6 p.m. Eastern. Dude, once he has that kid, I expect him to auto-draft for the next
2: 18 years because he's definitely <laughs> not going to be getting any sleep. <laughs> but, you know, Larry, we're we're proud of you this year. I mean, you really... You really put into the effort you've you've doubled your message count this year from five to ten messages and we just want to let you know to, to keep up the good work
0: i think we can all agree that uh looking at this man's team his daughter is probably going to be a better uh drafter than him straight out the womb uh, i mean it's clear he works at boeing uh, looking at this team i, I want to rename it the 737 max i mean Jeez, from from the get-go, this team was falling apart with Saquon's ankle, Josh Jacobs' big toe, and and everyone else. Uh, But, my goodness, it's a miracle he made it to the playoffs, just like it's a miracle the FAA even allowed that damn plane to fly.
2: All right. That was a nice little run-through of uh, our starting dishes. And let's now get into... The main event, first up we have the roast ham, um, which is you, Anil. And so I will begin cutting the, cutting the ham. Um, Anil, you have the sensitivity of Kevin Durant mixed with the aggressiveness and anger issues of Adrian Peterson. Um, watching you complain about my trades is like watching Josh Gordon relapse. It's not a a matter of if, but when eventually, you know, you kind of scratch your head and say, you know, how is he still doing this? Um, here's a good one. Speaking of relapses, I think we need to hold an intervention for you because of your behavior on the waiver wire. It's kind of like, um, watching a bad parent with a newborn it's like you know pick up drop pick up drop pick up drop and then they wonder why the kid is so trash in school (laughs) and in this analogy the kids special needs are your fantasy record this year Stop. (laughs) i think that that's like probably not really a politically correct joke but the way that you value your players, you know, deserves for you to get canceled. Um, it's, it's a systemic thing. But honestly, like, I think I can't purely shit on you um, or shit on your scouting ability, because the truth is, you know, you cast a pretty wide net, but occasionally the stars align and you sniff out a gem. Um, Austin, you weren't around to witness this, but the birth of the red shirt system actually came from Ineal scouting out Alvin Kamara when he was just a rookie, um, behind at that time, Mark Ingram was kind of the stud running back for the Saints. Um, and Neil would go on to then trade away Alvin Kamara right before he got hot, but that's a story for a different day. But, yeah, Neil, you're pretty much the king of building things up only to tear them down. Uh, a couple things on that. I think Exhibit A would be the redshirt system. Exhibit B would be the rules committee. And Exhibit C would be Alvin Kamara's value on, on your team. Um, <laughs> uh, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think I need to poke fun at you for not starting Kamara this year because – you know, on face value, I think this season for you might look like a tragedy, but it's all just a comedy at the end of the day.
0: I looked up the definition of neil in the Webster Dictionary, and to my surprise, it's a West Indian shrub that yields the color indigo, the color that reflects great devotion, wisdom, and justice, along with fairness and impartiality. So I hereby motion to change the "I" in Anil's name to an "A" to better fit his fantasy performance and comprehension of the rulebook. Much love for Anil, though, even though he's not winning, he's still clinging on to a ghost championship of 2010, which might be honestly his best shot at winning another shit. So I can't blame a guy whose emotions could be the theme for Universal's next roller coaster.
2: And yeah, oh. that's the uh, that's the roast ham for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: God. <laughs> On to the turkey. <laughs> I'm so fucking full. I don't know how much we can really tolerate of the turkey, but let me give it a go. David, for the last 10 years participating in fantasy, has grown almost every skill you need as a parent, as a homeowner, as a husband, because his fantasy team has done so poorly. I mean, really think about it. Arts and crafts, who else creates these draft kits? Who else has the time (laughs) to put together newsletters, podcasts, and arts and crafts? The only way that he's getting the time to do this is because His fantasy team is irrelevant after week one, week two, nearly every season. When I think about David as a fantasy team, I I think about Thursday mornings. And and why Thursday morning is special to me is because I usually take the trash out at 6 a.m. and it's picked up at 7.30. And it's David who's the one taking all of our trash out and hoarding it in his house like some junkyard dog that lives in our league. This is the only person that I know that gives up week two for Joe Burrow, Ramadre Stevenson, Devontae Smith, Emmanuel Sanders. These are not household names, but just like they say, one man's trash is another man's treasure. I can't think of a more perfect quote for David.
0: I appreciate how invested
1: you have been in the Masters theme this year. However, I think it might have been a little too much since you thought fantasy this year was scored like the Masters. Sorry I didn't mention this earlier, David, but we are not trying to score the lowest points in
0: the season. And David, man, got to give it up to David. David is best known for his work outside of fantasy lineups, where he tragically documents a history of himself losing to different themes. It brings me peace, though, that after a decade, he finally moved away from drafting six straight running backs. I'd like to think having a kid knocked some sense into him, but then I realized it's probably Tatum who just didn't want to grow up with the loser dead. I guess some could argue David is winning at his own game, He put up a valiant effort to compete with my regular season loss record. And this week with 47 points is making all our benches look like pro bowlers. But much love for David. We'll give him till Tatum is 18 years old to win the league or pass the torch to a worthy offspring. Oh, man. What a feast. I don't know where, where do we take
2: this
1: from here. I think next week. Now that we've had all this fun and full stomachs, I'm ready to preview the playoffs. Is it really already that time of year? Indeed it is, David. Indeed it is.
2: It is time uh... to crown
1: a new champion.
2: All right. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed it. I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving. Spend time with family, friends, and get your... Uh, roster set early because there are going to be a lot of games early on in the week. Alright, everybody have a good one. Let's run the outro music.
1: This is a story of a holiday. Thanksgiving is a day...